This podcast may contain some spoilers about the film we're going to talk about and also some bad words and foul language. Sorry, Mum. Hello and welcome to what is episode 11 of the What A Load Of Rank podcast. Uh, this is the movie podcast where we talk about various films that we all suggest. Um, my name is Ed Cunningham. I am joined by the incomparable Hamish Douglas. Yarg! Ahoy, mateys! The pirate voice is back. <laughs> I don't... Why? Okay. The <laughs> salacious Jim Stretton. Hello, and apologies if my internet dies throughout this. Okay, great. Good start. And uh, Garen Harry. Excelsior! Brilliant. I thought... Um, I realised over the past couple of episodes that I've been given Garen really nice intros, so I thought I could... Yeah. Wow. So I, I, th- I thought I'd give uh, what? Jim fat and Jim. Garen? Yeah, big old what? fat Garen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fat, smelly so Garen. I thought, I thought he'd give uh, you other guys a bit of the love. Um, yeah, so as I said, this is where we talk about film. Each week we suggest a film, and this week it was uh, Jim's suggestion. And he went for the 2012 film Silver Linings Playbook. What? Hey, what's this? Didn't tell me you took him out. The court said yes. Yeah, but what did the doctor say? Can I do an interview for a school project on mental illness? No. I'm ready. I feel motivated. I don't feel so angry all the time. The whole time you're rooting for this Hemingway guy to survive the war and to be with the woman that he loves. It's four o'clock in the morning, Pat. I can't apologize. I will apologize on behalf of Ernest Hemingway because that's who's to blame here. Yeah, have Ernest Hemingway call us and apologize to us, too. Pat, you have to have a strategy. I hate my illness and I want to control it. I hope you're okay with Veronica's sister coming over. Tiffany and Tommy? Just Tiffany. What happened to Tommy? He died. How'd he die? Please, don't bring it up. Hey, Tiffany. This is Pat. You look nice. Thank you. How Tommy die? This film was directed by David O. Russell and uh, written by David Russell as well, based on a novel by Matthew Quick. Um, probably one of the more high-profile films we've done. I mean, just looking down at the uh, uh, the cast list, we've got Jennifer Lawrence, Bradley Cooper, Rob De Niro, Jackie Weaver, Chris Tucker, Julia Stiles. Big names going on. So, Jim, do you want to take it away with... Uh, the little intro to this film for us. Yes, so basically, um, uh, Bradley Cooper plays this guy, Pat uh, Solentano Jr., um, uh, and he gets diagnosed with bipolar disorder uh, when he finds his wife in bed with, or in the bath with another uh, man, um, and he's determined to win her back, and doing so, he stumbles across um, Jennifer Lawrence's character, Tiffany, uh, who has a link through a mutual friend with the wife and promises to give him her a letter uh, and it's sort of following uh, two different characters battles with various mental illnesses um, and just has a nice sweet undertone throughout all of it yeah no very sweet and of course um, I'm sure we'll talk about it later this is the uh, film where Jennifer Lawrence won an Oscar for uh, performance as a best actress why don't we start as always we like to do uh, with people's general first impressions after just watching the film i mean this is for personally this is the first time i watched it uh it went uh passing by the first when it first came out um so garen why don't you uh why don't you kick us off um i, I i'm going to be honest right from the get-go i did not like this film i i found there's a lot a lot wrong with it and it just 
so much could have been cut out. Uh, the I, I felt the characters didn't feel genuine at all, and the relationships between them were just horrible. I think there was a lot of horrible people in this film, and it, none of the jokes landed for me. Or uh, really, uh, it was just yeah, I felt a bit awkward watching it. Sorry, Jim. Well, I, t- I tell you what, I was not I was not expecting that. I thought this would be a a film we would all be universally behind, but. No, interesting. All right, uh, Hamish, what about you? What your have you did you see this film before, or, or was yeah, this the first I'd, time? I'd seen this movie a couple of times, but I think this is the first time I kind of watched it as as a bit more sort of as a mature person. I think when I first watched it, I was probably probably a bit young to understand some things going on in it, you know, mental health and uh, heartbreak and all those things. But on the surface, on the surface, the plot of this movie. It, kind of is cringy you know like the whole idea of two mentally unwell people fall in love over the medium of dance and there's a lot of like there's a lot of things in this movie where the i'm pretty sure like it's it's not it's a very hollywood uh version of depicting mental health issues but it's charming and it does work um i'm sure I'm sure there's someone who's more of an expert in psychology would find some bits of this movie quite problematic. Mm. It kind of simplifies a lot of things. And yeah, but I think on the surface it's a it's a good-natured movie. Um it's got good intention and yeah, I do really like it to be yeah. fair. Yeah, I mean I I agree with you. I think it was it was a very sweet film. I I can understand. I'm sure we'll get into them later. The issues maybe a couple of you guys had with it, um, but I mean, well, Jim, what this is a film you had seen before, and what sort of drew you to suggesting this as a film for us to watch? What what led me towards it? Um, I wanted to get a film out there that, uh, like you said, slipped under the radar of many people, but I knew that was a quality film. Uh, I knew and. I mean, uh, just to look at the accolades and nominations that it received, it I thought it ticked most of the boxes for many people. It's unfortunate that uh, Garen uh, and I disagree for the first uh, time in 10 episodes. Usually he's on my side <laughs> with Haunted Mansion and Baby Genius. but uh, well, I'm, Don't worry about his opinion, because no. as we know, Garen's fat and smelly. So. <laughs> he, 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 no, he's lovely. He was actually, um, you were very divided over Yellow Submarine, I seem to remember. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Fair. Yeah. He's an idiot. <laughs> I changed my mind. Fat, um, smelly idiot. Last week, no, Hamish was being nice to me. What's happened this yeah. week? Uh, I think I think you used it all up. Yeah, that's, oh, that's it. That's your lot for the year, mate. Yeah, and I, I think um, going back uh, to the uh, to the movie, the, uh, Hamish described it very well. Um, it was a very Hollywood look on uh, mental illness. Um, but I disagree with Garen's comment about um, the characters weren't very. Uh, uh, relatable. I I feel like it was quite a naturalistic performance. You see those sort of people in modern day society. There's no glitz and glamour about uh, how they were as as people. Um, but uh, but yeah, I really I, I warmed to both or oh, both the main uh, main characters and also uh, Robert De Niro and um, and Jackie Weaver. Uh, and I should say at this point, it's not the Jackie Weaver that uh, has come to prominence this uh, this year. She does have authority. Uh, this lady, um, <laughs> the actress Jackie Weaver. I d- yeah, but, I tell you what, I was trying to think where that that name rang a bell, and I mm. do feel that maybe some of our our podcasts are 
quite like the old uh, council meetings. Yes. Anyway. Um, we, can, we can kick you out if you want, Ed. I'm the host now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Yeah. yeah. I was, yeah, I yeah. Didn't, I, that reference went right over my head. Yes. Jim saw Jackie Weaver today. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well uh, let, let's start on some of those performances. Cause let's start with um, the first uh, major character that we introduced to, Bradley Cooper. Um, who, as you say, he uh, he's been diagnosed with bipolar after basically beating up um, his wife's lover, and we we meet him sort of uh, coming out of of rehab. His mum bring him out, and he, I mean, the the title of of the film comes from his um, philosophy of silver lining and seeing uh, the positives and making positives out of everything. His um, his uh, sort of catchphrase or things that he lives by is this word excelsior which sort of means sort of going upward always um hamish yeah i think i think bradley cooper does a pretty good job he's got that kind of he you see those real manic highs that he has and then those lows i think talking about things that could be a bit problematic in this movie is depicting someone with bipolar disorder having um violent tendencies Mm. but i think it is important to because that crossed my mind but i think it's important to note that even someone who isn't bipolar, that situation would be really fucking traumatic. Coming home to yeah. find your wife with someone else, and you know, someone who was mentally well could easily yeah. snap in the same way. To your um, wedding song as well, which is pretty. Oh weird. yeah, I mean, yeah. it was that was really cruel and traumatic yeah. that scene, and it's just yeah, you you, you empathise them straight away. I, I would just have uh, just been reminded uh, as we're talking about bipolar and um, how it's represented on film. There's a great uh, series, I think it's on Amazon Prime, called Modern Love, uh, based on some New York uh, art, um, articles. And I believe it's, oh, her name has escaped me, who is Princess Diaries? Uh, Anne Hathaway. Anne, Hath- Anne Hathaway. And she plays a character with bipolar disorder and how it affects her and her, how it affects her love life. And I think that's really accurate, uh, or at least a very powerful represent, uh, representation. So if you're um, interested in that kind of thing, that's one to check mm. out for sure. Yeah, what about um, his idea then of like the way he looks at things? Because this this is the kind of the crux of, well, not the crux of the film, but how it starts off, the silver linings thing and how that goes through the film. Garen, I don't know what if you've got anything to say on like... That, that was very endearing, just the fact that he wants to make his life better and you could see the determination and uh, the just like the, the focus that he had... Uh, to to want to be better, to do better, and and he and he made a good go of it um, throughout everything. Yeah, just uh, just to clarify earlier on uh, the point of not being genuine with with this character in particular, uh, it was that sort of yeah, like you say, the Hollywood portrayal of, of of bipolar, which was a bit strange. But it was also like they try and pitch like it, it was like a general view of this guy as a has a mental health problem or something like that. It, it's mm. just there was just a lot going on there that just seemed over the top. Uh, uh, when I first sorry, I thought either he had like uh, a form of Asperger's or something, just the way he talked and acted with people as well. So I, yeah. I, I, I that well, he was I, I think he, really with that. Yeah, I think well, this this is this is a character who's at the start of their sort of mental health journey. I mean, he has been diagnosed with bipolar, but there's other things going on there. We see his dad's show signs of OCD um, and there's things about Bradley Cooper's character Pat Jr. as well that seem like he's got some obsessive compulsive tendencies the whole kind of uh, positive forward thinking thing that he has is a control mechanism for him 
and I think he has a lot of issues with controlling things around him and it's kind of I think we get into it a bit later in the movie where you start seeing that you know positive thought isn't isn't necessarily enough it's kind of it's a it's a it's a jumble of things it's a cocktail of kind of coping mechanisms that you need to learn yeah they they uh, often refer to having strategies uh, yeah. to deal with things which i think is yeah very much in, in what you're talking about in that it's not just enough to be a positive person and like you know say that everything's going to be fine when for instance there is a time at the film beginning of the film where he's uh, hears the song that you know obviously his, his wife was having sex to with a, another man he loses it a bit and the whole idea is like it's not he has to have a strategy to deal with that it's not just the case of like everything's gonna have silver lining he's got to find a way to cope with this yeah and I, th- I think that was probably the one of the more sort of accurate things i saw in terms of dealing with mental health of that you know you have to with in combination with medication you have to form your own kind of coping mechanisms to get through it I think I think um, it's called is it the dietist stress model or something like that where you have uh, uh, is a combination of treatments between therapy and, and drugs which is shown to be like the most effective and mm-hmm. I think that's the thing his unwillingness to take drugs and and be part of that thing and and sort of accept the therapy as much uh, if just you know just his overcoming that was uh, yeah. quite quite a good part of the, the film yeah, yeah. as um we, we uh, Hamish mentioned. Um, that uh, his father has shown signs of OCD, and his father is obviously played by uh, Robert De Niro. And I think I remember—I can't remember which episode, episode it was—and we were talking about Robert De Niro and uh, saying that, yeah, Hamish is doing a very good impression on, on the Zoom chat. I think it was the Quick Rank. The Quick. Oh, the, our little bonus episode. Yes, please go listen to yeah. that if you do. Um, and uh, and I think I think I made a comment saying that his last best performance was in Jackie Brown. However. After watching this, um, I don't know what you thought, Jim, but I thought it was it was a pretty powerful performance. Yeah, yeah, and um, for a um, you can definitely call him a supporting actor in that sense. Um, uh, he was, I thought, what he brought to the performance, little gems, uh, were quite captivating, especially during that scene uh, where he says to Bradley Cooper, "Oh, I think I should have been more there." I want to talk to you about things, um, and I'm sorry about that. Um, one of the IMDb trivia uh, points on that was that it was all improvised, and Robert Downey Jr. actually did shed a tear. And Robert um, Downey Jr. Iron, Iron Man, Iron Man, Iron Man. That was a big surprise <laughs> in this movie. Um, Tony Stark it's because I, I know it was Bobby De Niro. You see, uh, me and Bobby go way back. Oh yeah. Um, uh, you, uh, you and Ray Fines often go to the pub together, don't you? Yeah, well, uh, you, can, you guys keep cutting out my story. I must have told it about three times, and obviously it's not good enough <laughs> I t- for the I listeners. i tell you what, if, if we've got time at the end, uh, Jim, okay. we'll, we'll hear we'll that, that Is that a promise? If we can have time, if we have time. Okay, well, um, that's good. I can look forward to that. Your question was your your question was about uh, Robert De Niro, and essentially, in, in a word, in a word, I thought it was really good. Well done. I, it's 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 like a, it was a bit of a missed trick, really. I wish I wish they'd sort of delved into a bit more and uh, have a bit more there because. Uh, like it sort of mentioned it, it, as you progress through the films again later on Robert Jr uh, Robert I'm saying it now See, you're doing <laughs> why don't they just cast Iron Man then? just make it such I mean easier. he can play anything you know, he's oh, played Black Man he's played Iron Man he's played Charlie Chaplin <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, um, Robert De Niro. Yeah, I wish because he was a bit more present in the late half of the film and uh, and so things like him seeing the them play, watching the, the the American football together as their way of bonding and him relying on him uh, as his luck charm for all the bets and things like that. I feel I felt that you could you could look into that a bit more and, and delve a bit more into it, but it just yeah, they're just a little bit glossed over. I thought Robert Duvall's performance as <laughs> was. <laughs> No, yeah, Robert De Niro. I think his performance was good, but I mean, this is—it's tricky in it when you're portraying mental health issues. It, it is difficult in it. I mean, there's, there's only that character was someone who wasn't in therapy, and it's the kind of character who never would go to therapy. And I'm sure Robert De Niro does his research, and he was convincing to me as someone with um, OCD. But also, a big thing that he had was he had—he um, was an addict. He's a—he's a gambling addict in the movie, and those things are tied up for him and yeah it's just i mean i think one of the things in this movie a big thing going on was that everyone in it had their their mental health issues going yeah. on or they yeah. had they had uh, you know every there's there's a thing that apparently if you look in the um i can't remember what it's called it's a huge huge famous book and it's basically a, a massive collection of every kind of mental health issue every psychiatric issue and they say that i think i'm pretty sure everyone has at least like 13 of these yeah, I, I think it's a good point, and I think um, this one of the things that I noted, wrote down at least, is that everyone is struggling in this movie. Every single character you meet, um, I can see you guys want to talk, want to have a talk. So let's go, Jim, and then uh, Garen. Uh, Garen has hand up much earlier than me. Oh, so sorry, I, 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 t- I took it down for a little bit. Uh, you may not have noticed. So just my hand That's was right. having a little bit of a rest. But Jim, you can go ahead. Thank you, mate. Um, going on from uh, De Niro's characters. Um, uh, OCD with uh, yeah, things have to be in a certain place for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles uh, NFL team to win. I ha- when if, I'm a big Chelsea fan. If you miss like every episode where I talk about being a Chelsea fan, uh, but when I watch <laughs> on the television, I have to create a shrine in my front room uh, for yeah. Chelsea. So I've got a John Terry um, shirt. He's he used to be our captain leader legend. Uh, and other, I won't bore you too much about Chelsea. I'll yeah, in a please. Um, but Chelsea, Chelsea flags and everything like that. Um, and I am convinced. And a picture of Putin moment, as well, like over the fireplace, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm convinced that if I ever was not to do that, Chelsea would lose. And last weekend, or I don't know when we want to say this, uh, this is going out, but we lost, unfortunately, to um, West, West Bromwich Albion. And I didn't have the shrine, and we lost 5 2. Wow. So. Whenever so, we yeah. whenever we record this podcast, I have a little shrine of you guys, all your faces around here, nice. just sort of crowded yeah. around. Oh no, no, then I burn them. Ah, yeah. Nice. Ah. So, um, uh, Garen, what do you want to mention Arsenal at all, or in your oh, uh, well, not really after <laughs> the last game, but uh, <laughs> uh, just to, to uh, yeah, that, I'm trying to remember my point now because it's been so long since <laughs> so, I came sorry, up. Sorry, mate. Sorry, but uh, but yeah, you see, uh, when it comes to OCD and things like that, it's it has been tragically misrepresented. It, it re- represented in so many films and movies and things like that about uh, the, the main part of it, which is is not things like oh having everything tidy and neat and and uh, things like that, but compulsive disorder where you are, you you you're sort of not in control and 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 mm. just just struggling and you these things certain things make make sense to you to you know flick a light switch off wherever until yeah, yeah happens so but this one it, 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 it like you say it's mentioned and he piles the remotes together and he numbers envelopes and things like that but again is it, 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 it 
you could have got delved into her a little bit more. They could have shown a bit, a bit more, and they could have. It, it just felt, yeah. again, it's just a bit surface level for me. If they wanted yeah. to make a film about mental health issues and things like that, they really, really needed to nail down the science and the actual sort of uh, to sort of have actual understanding of it. And it, it didn't feel like. Yeah, I completely agree. I I think that um, we've lost Jim, but we've I'll, lost I'll Jim. talk. Yeah, he did I'll, warn us anyway. I'll talk. I'll talk for a I'm minute. I'm still here. Oh, oh, oh shit! <laughs> he's still here. Um, no, I, I, I agree with you, Garen. I think it's almost better for writers and filmmakers to not explicitly say what the mental illness that their characters have because, first of all, you're writing yourself into a corner where you've got to do that justice. You've got to do it um, tactfully. You've got to portray it fairly. It's not the kind of thing you should just kind of wash over. Um, another film where we watched on this podcast was Thunder Roads and we talked a lot about mental health issues and that. But that film never explicitly said what was going on with this guy and it wasn't kind of the main focus, the main backdrop of the movie and it left left us room to speculate and theorise what might be going on with this guy. It is it is tricky business when... And it always... There's sometimes you see actors giving interviews about their characters and like, oh yeah, I portrayed them like this or I portrayed them like that. And then you watch those movies and you go, ah, oh, like I... Pr- wish that I just didn't know that was what you were going for because that kind of ruins it a little bit and it seems yeah. very I don't know it's it's I think t- these days you know there's more mental health awareness but there's also a lot more self-diagnosis that goes on and there's a lot of yeah. uh, pop psychology that goes on and you yeah. see it sometimes in movies unfortunately I, def- I definitely felt that when I watched uh, the Joker film with uh, oh, God. Phoenix. Yeah. It, was so, it was so fuck pop, me pop yeah it was yeah that was my main issue with it um Garen uh, it would just say that, uh, like, there are danger, really big dangers of uh, misrepresenting mental health and things like Absolutely. that, and, and taking it naively. Because a lot of uh, mental health campaigns, charities, what their main goal is to bring awareness, to show understanding, and uh, and just uh, when you when you have a film which or, or like with popular figures, with your Robert Downey Juniors of the world and uh, Robert Duvall's, <laughs> uh, uh, you can uh, you you can really sort of change give exposure yeah. to something in the incorrect way like you can yeah i think trouble. some things are kind of possible i think maybe things that are slightly more relatable is things like you know depression that's something that you can you can in a movie you can have a therapist like in sopranos i'm a big sopranos fan he deals with tony sopranos um anxieties and uh depression although there is criticism that his panic attacks and that series aren't realistic and they're not really um but it kind of things like that are kind of probably more relatable than you know your your schizophrenics or your bipolars or basically things that don't affect the majority of people yeah and like garen said can't misrepresent misrepresent the man it's 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 really tricky business Yeah, no, I, I I completely agree. As as we're on the subject, why don't we move on to another character? Well, the Oscar winner, um, Jennifer Lawrence's character Tiffany, who um, comes into the story a little bit later on, and uh, her and Bradley Cooper's character bond first. Their first bonding is kind of over the medication they take. Yeah. And why don't we have a little chat about her issue and and, and what we think go, is going well, on there? Well, exactly what I was just saying. Um, I think is that we never get a clear um, explanation of what her mental health issues are. She doesn't Mm. go, I've got this, I've got that. She's Mm. got 
I, she's she's probably the most relatable character in the movie. I've met uh, people like her, and like the performance is spot on. Um, mm. Obviously, yeah. she's it's, got some. They kind say of... he's borderline personality, don't they? Well, but that's the borderline personality disorder is um, encompasses a lot of different things. It's a really it's broad casual. term for a lot of things. Yeah, and it's quite. It's sort of yeah. It's it's not that specific, um, and I think that's the best way to go about it really is you kind of every i, I think ev- everyone kind of knows a tiffany jennifer mm. lawrence's character so and so, so yeah go, go ahead garen sorry uh, i i have to say something that's probably going to be a little bit controversial with you guys but i thought she was the weakest character in the entire film i uh and yeah well first of all she's she's a, she's a, like she's not a nice she's a horrible character in the way that she goes about things and really really unlikable i found watching it um just the uh the, i found it incredibly manipulative and sort of self absorbed and uh the way she sort of treats other characters is is quite horrible and stuff and but you can't like it's it's the the fact that this film gives that happy ending is is kind of an excuse i felt for that no which is, no no no, no which no. is not nice at all yeah. and and really to be honest I, I didn't think the performance was that great she's I just think she's this... she's she's difficult for sure she's a difficult person to be around but i think the film shows these moments that kind of offset that where she has been sweet and she has been caring yeah i i, I think i I think Garen, you're being a little bit harsh with that. In fact, I would, I would think that more of Bradley Cooper's character of being unreasonable. Um, there's sort of an in- interesting thing that that's going on with Tiffany. I think in the way that um, they portray her arc of her mental illness um, and the way that how she uses sex and as kind of like a a way to get control obviously a lot of this is kind of like people trying to have control of themselves and the way that she initially decides to have control is by is using sex as you know the, mm. one of the, their first meeting she um asked bradley cooper to take her back and fuck her and um jim do you want to add anything to that yeah i i think um i i struggled to warm to her too much at at points but I didn't say I wouldn't say I disliked her. Obviously, she's uh, recovering from the uh, the grieving from the death of her husband. Obviously, this happens before the film, um, and her way of putting up a front maybe is to have no filter and to. Uh, she says she sleeps with eleven people at her workplace, and that's how she got fired. Um, and I suppose it's like you say, different sort of coping mechanisms. And she's chosen to go down the route of having a lot of fun and having sex. Say so, go all, all yeah. Good to her. I s- well, I, I, suppose, I, I suppose that was, it's kind of um, I don't think that was in, sorry. in a yeah. I'm, I'm going to say I think it, I think that's just in a sort of male-dominated society that is sort of the way that she sees to have to, to grab some sort of control. This is the way I I saw it, um, Hamish. Yeah, I don't think that was a coping mechanism for her. I think that was a manifestation of her grief. I'm. Um, I think. Yeah, she um her husband she. Because she tells the story of how her husband dies from driving back from a trip at Victoria's Secret, Secret mm-hmm. because he wants to spice up the sex life, and obviously that's sort of a direct, you know, line to her, mm-hmm. you know, wanting to be overly sex- mm-hmm. sexual. And there's nothing wrong with being promiscuous. There's nothing wrong with sleeping with lots of people. I think the issue was that 
it wasn't making her happy um, and in fact it was ruining some of her relationships with her colleagues and eventually lost her her job um, and yeah I mean I on, on the surface there's nothing wrong with sleeping with a lot of people as long as you're not hurting other people's yeah. feelings or if, as long mm-hmm. as you're mentally okay which the whole thing was that you know the guys who have been sleeping with her have been essentially taking advantage of this vulnerable person mm. But then, uh, equally, uh, she has a, a section in the uh, in the film where she messages this bloke to come to her house, um, and then sort of toys with his emotions a little bit. Whether he had bad intentions with her that when they first met, but that that was the only bit really I thought. It's uh, well, the like, goes in, what I was going to say as well. Just the the, the way she treats uh, Bradley Cooper's character as well. I've I, uh, I, I, I find she's very sort of emotionally manipulative. That with it, she holds information from him. She sort of blackmails or bribes him and stuff like that. It, it's really she doesn't treat him nice. And the fact that they like spoilers, they end up together and uh, and everything's supposed to be sort of happy and nice and whatever. It just it, it didn't sit right with me. And throughout this film, a, a, like a lot of the because I couldn't sort of. Really, realistically, see this character. I didn't find her quite convincing at all. It, I struggled to get into it a lot, and uh, and actually sort of engaged with a lot of the jokes, things like that, and uh, and the ending just felt a bit shallow to me. Like, well, it's... he's using her as well. Of course, he is. They use the and he's not very nice to her either. Like, he calls they, they, her, you know. he calls her a slut, and he keeps bringing up her dead husband really sort of casually, yeah. which is obviously a big fucking trigger for her. Mm. Um, hence why i thought he had some sort of uh aspergers yeah. <laughs> just uh, the way he yeah. just blew, uh, completely yeah. they they yeah i think i think both of them and, yeah. i think a big thing in this movie is the characters um on top of all their kind of mental health issues they're all really impulsive that's a big thing with all the characters in the movie they're not in control of their emotions and they're not in control of what they say and what they do and they're kind of everyone in this movie is a bit of a slave to their emotions which is not something that is um uh, isolated or whatever you want to call it to people with mental health issues there's plenty of people who are impulsive who are quote unquote mentally healthy mm. yeah well uh, go, go on if you have something to add Garen no I just it's, it's I don't know it just it's, it's again that doesn't feel realistic to me that the way it's done in the film and the fact that it, it, like it pretend these are helpless people who were slaves of their emotions and things like that it's, 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 it's not really like that like you, no I'm not saying not mentally convenient. I'm not saying mentally unwell people are slaves to emotions I'm saying everyone in this movie was yeah and that's what I'm emotions. saying and, and that's why that's where it's not realistic for me and that's where I have real issues with and I was unable to relate to it like, that's well it. it makes sense doesn't it they're all part of the same community and they're part of the same they all have quite close knit ties it kind of makes sense that if Bradley Cooper's character grew up in his household where his dad is incredibly impulsive that he's going to grow up to be like that as well he's got these impulsive tendencies nurture first nature or whatever you want to call it that made sense to me yeah uh, i was um i was wondering uh hamish uh whether you hated stevie wonder as much as pat does after listening to our <laughs> yellow submarine episode <laughs> um i i don't particularly like stevie wonder but i wouldn't beat a man to death, <laughs> death over it okay so, 
So there's a conspiracy theory that uh, Stevie Wonder's not actually blind. I don't know if you've seen any <laughs> videos. But um, yeah, he captures a microphone stand. Honestly, watch the video. It's like, how can this guy be blind? Well, And somebody was telling a story about, I can't remember who it was, but um, I think it might have been like Jamie Foxx or something like that. He looks he looks outside his house and Stevie Wonder's driving a car. <laughs> yeah, there's lots, there's lots of stories about him, um, yeah, doing things and like, Apparently, he said that he's not actually blind. Well, <laughs> I think you're, we're going down a little bit of a rabbit hole here. But think, Paul you know, McCartney's dead. And Paul, Paul McCartney's, McCartney's dead. dead. Um, and and actually, biggest conspiracy of them all, uh, Jim never met Ray Fiennes. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. Um, so as we're kind of on this subject, I wanted to ask what people thought. I'll start with Jim with this one. As you know, we've been sort of sitting silently while Gary and Hamish have their <laughs> argument. Uh, what do you think this film... How does this film differ from other romantic movies? I'll take this one, Jim. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll do it in the form of Hamish. Well, I think what's important is... No, I'm joking, that was a horrible thing. Hamish, you're... Yeah, um, no, um, I think this differs um, because I think it has an, an extra sort of layer on it. I know we spoke about it before. It's not your traditional boy meets girl, um, you know, because you have a look at the storyline. Two people uh, are, are obviously um, grieving something, whether that be the loss of a partner or the death of a partner sort of thing. Um, and they get together at the end. You know, if you just looked at that, you'd be thinking, oh, it's just a typical rom-com. But it isn't. And I, and they really struggled along their way. And I thought that that's what it had that other uh, films of this nature don't have. It also, like we say, touched upon uh, quite relevant topics. It's not nearly 10 years old, but still all those issues are still around today. And, and you know, you can find um, each character very relatable. And um, I think that's what happened. That's what the difference was between this and a Bobby Basic rom com. Yeah, no, I th- I thought it was um, I thought it was interesting. Basically, for that is that I think you know there's a uh, a kind of idea people have when you talk about romantic movies uh, in their head, and I I'm always interested by films that subvert that and do do things a little bit a little bit differently. And you know they're not they're not always perfect, and they're all a little bit. Um, a little bit messed up sometimes, Hamish. Can we talk about how bad his therapist is? That kept taking me out of it. There was a bit where he was like, I don't know, maybe a therapist would advise this, but when Bradley Cooper has just come out of the hospital, he's clearly still quite vulnerable. And then he tells his therapist about Tiffany, who he's just met and says, well, you know, she's she said this to me and she's got her own issues and she's in a bad place as well and the therapist goes yeah you should hang out with her you should you should should take her on board as your friend and you should fix each other and i'm just like i don't think a therapist would advise that and also and also he gets drunk with him at at an eagles game and i mean even his introduction his, his introduction is to to deliberately trigger him into a violent episode. Yeah, it's like he wanted him to relapse. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Poking the tiger. Sick twist. Yeah, that was yeah. that was not realistic at all. That was yeah. that took me out of it quite a bit. I mean, I another thing that I I kind of struggled like through it is you've got this um, obviously this romantic story, but running alongside that, you've got this sporting kind of thing going along, a huge kind of Philadelphia Eagles thing, 
And I was Eagles fans are fucking crazy. <laughs> I mean, I was, I was trying to think Good like <laughs> every, every every time you see a film or a TV series which is set in Philadelphia, all they do is show you the Philadelphia Eagles Stadium and you know a bunch of people painting a green. You're like, oh, okay, so this is this is it. It's either that or I, the Liberty Bell. Yeah, I did, I did get think it was uh, we were watching an episode of Always Sunny when uh, the intro started and we went past the uh, yeah. the stadium on a handicam. Just tailgating. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. For me, it's just that whole kind of sporting, you know, B story and his dad's super t- superstitions and this idea that at the end, like there's some bet and then you know the Eagles have to win as well as yeah. uh, them doing well at dancing. Yeah, I yeah. Think. The bloke that takes on the bet, the other, the other bookmaker, the other sort of like illegal bookmaker guy, that's a, a Dallas Cowboy fan. I don't, I didn't understand his character whatsoever. He just sh- he shows up at the family occasions. Clearly, doesn't support Philadelphia Eagles. Watches all of their games so that he can bet on the opposition. Flirts with the guy's wife as well. <laughs> he yeah, comes over. Just a weirdo. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was about shit stirrer. Yeah, he was about as close as an antagonist as we got in this movie. Um, I guess they, I guess they just needed they needed a, a kind yeah. of extra driving force in the plot. Yeah. You could, you could so, say uh, like how much pressure like the the whole bet situation was to put all like <laughs> all the like the family's money on mm. their son who is uh, doing like winning in a dance Not competition a professional dancer, or something like yeah. that. Uh, that's that's so, a horrible was... amount of pressure to put on someone. <laughs> yeah, they they had. Um... They had a, a double bet, so obviously the first one was on um, Eagles to win, and the next one they had to get a five in the dance competition. And I'm thinking, if the Eagles hadn't won, would anyone have given a shit about the dancing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When, when we talk about that that final dance, uh, get that out. It's, it, I thought it was kind of sweet. Like obviously mm. they've spent ages rehearsing this dance, and then we finally see it, and it is kind of shit, but also kind of cute. And um, I love the fact that, you know, as the bet is, you know, they have to get at least a five and they're amongst this competition with all these other professionals and they get to enter it and they do just about manage to get a five and all the professionals are like, oh, I'm really sorry, but they are so ecstatic and so happy. I like that idea of like, you know, success is different for everyone. That, that was yeah. the one bit of the film I actually laughed at. <laughs> it's just their the reaction was just, uh, I thought that was quite funny, yeah. Um, yeah, they're like the whole drinking before she goes on as well was just like oh shit. Like, but yeah. to be fair, I mean, we all we've all been there. We've all had a couple of drinks before we went yeah. on stage. We, we've done a few plays together where we've had a, a few yeah. drinks beforehand. I think um, uh, going into that dance section because we didn't know what the uh, the sort of style of the dance was. We know it's a ballroom dancing competition, and you see little snippets of it when they're practicing. But I was quite glad they didn't go down the traditional ballroom dance route because I'd have found that quite boring. Yeah. And that, you know, to, to have something, you know, unique and a bit cheeky and a bit way, I warmed to them in the dancing bit. If they had yeah. just stuck with a Viennese waltz, I'd have probably found it a bit Yeah. Boring. And I think if, if Bradley Cooper all of a sudden turned around to be this amazing kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, dance, ballroom dancer, it would have been just like, oh, fuck off. In, like, uh, the actor Brad, Bradley Cooper, though, is, is quite a good dancer. Is he? And singer. So, yeah. It was Jennifer Lawrence that apparently has two left feet. She was saying that she had to learn that dance for ages. Well, I like the bit. I like that they 
they the whole thing during the movie is we need to nail the big move and then at the competition they just fuck it up anyway yeah i like that <laughs> I, 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 I want to know this that's probably a big move in some some cases they try and do a sort of dirty dancing lift and he ends up in a gusset so that's a big move for somebody <laughs> that's what finally brings them together yeah. um I just want to ask a question before we sort of wrap up and give our scores. Um, Did you just say ends up in the gusset? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a bit of a, an old old lady term of... Uh, Hamish, I was, of, really, oh, trying hard to, I was, I was really trying hard to move past that. You had to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, let that one hang in the air. Um, <laughs> I was going to ask us all. Dude... <laughs> I was going to ask. What's wrong with gusset? Jim has a way with words. Right. <laughs> I'm leaving that in. I'm not in it out. People need to know. Yeah, that's what you're like. Do you, is that so how I think, you? I think I think more people will call it gusset than than anything else. Really. Is that how you flirt? Like, yeah. I don't want to know how he flirts. I don't want to. <laughs> I want to end up in your gusset. <laughs> oh, well, you, so you've got me hot and steamy now. Eh? <laughs> Gross. I, I did call you the salacious uh, Jim Stratton at the top of this. So yeah, that's right. It's how I live my life. Uh, I was going to ask whether people were satisfied with the ending, so let's let's leave Jim for now. Uh, Garen, were you left satisfied after the gusset move? Uh, not not really, you know. I, th- I think so. They 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 end up together just to yeah yeah. They end up together. Sure he goes uh, so his his ex wife, the one who cheated on him, who is also a horrible person. Uh, she she comes to the to see the dance to see if he's changed. He does the dance. They get the five. He goes over to her, uh, and then re- like runs off to be with uh, um, what's her name, uh, J Law, Tiffany. Um, uh, but it just is it, it, again. It's very Hollywood and very sort of. I don't know, the whole thing, the fact that they all got five perfectly as well. I, I don't know, it's just not like things like that. Things that come together too perfectly and so things. And I, I suppose, just... Uh. You, say, you say that his ex-wife is a horrible person. And yeah, she did a horrible thing. She did uh, have an affair. But I think it's important to note that, you know, they, they he, he acknowledges that they had issues and she wasn't happy in the relationship. And we don't see a lot of her. But she doesn't ever get a chance on screen to kind of justify... And at the end of the movie, he has a quiet word with her, and the implication is that he forgives her. So I think I don't know describing her as a horrible person is a bit. Were you were you satisfied then, Hamish, with how it ended? Say again. Were you satisfied with how it ended? Yeah, I was. I think it was, it was kind of everyone stops judging each other, and they all kind of move on with their lives in a positive way. And yeah, I was pretty satisfied. I think this film wasn't totally grounded in like complete realism. It was kind of a lot of it heightened, mm. and it works for the most part. Um, it never, I don't think it ever pretends to be sort of super, super, super naturalistic. It is quite silly and zany in some parts. A little bit like Little Miss Sunshine, I think. Yeah, that's a that's a good film. I should do that at one point. Uh, Jim, I finally go to you as and as wrapping up any last feelings you want to leave us with what about, about the ending or yeah like, were you happy with it uh, like I was uh, well uh, uh, I've got a few, uh, few things uh, at the at the ending I wasn't I was caught in two minds like because you're getting a uh, will they won't they sort of thing throughout the whole piece and do they really like each other because they sort of have a sort of a very close friendly bond mm. I don't know whether it was a bit of a bailout to get them to live happily ever after. I don't know whether I wanted to see that. 
Yeah, I want, I'm not, I didn't, I didn't I'm, want to see her, him get back with his missus. That was for certain. I didn't no, want to see I'm, that. I'm, I'm kind of like that as well because I didn't feel like throughout the film they had like a huge amount of chemistry. Like mm. all they seemed to be bonded by was the fact that they were both fucked up. And I'm not sure that's mm. the greatest way to start a relationship, really. Yeah. Um, um, can I talk about... <laughs> that's how I've started every single one of mine. My... <laughs> <laughs> how's that been going for you, mate? I've got a few... few um, Little trivia's that I found interesting. Statman Jim. Um, uh, yeah, the the, the Russian the Russian title of this film uh, is uh, now p- p- forgive me uh, for my Russian uh, here. Moi Prensik. Moi Prensik. Right. Okay. Right? Which, uh, as you all know, translates to "My boyfriend is a psycho," oh. uh, and that was the Russian uh, title for it. The French uh, the French called it "Happiness Theory." Um, that's an interesting fact. Um, uh, there's another one. Um, it was shot in 33 days. Only took 33 days to film, which is quite a short, um, yeah. short film. Um, and for a box office uh, of 236 million, it made um, was pretty good for 33 days of uh, shooting. Um, there was loads of people that was rumored to play uh, Jennifer Lawrence's uh, characters: Zoe Deschanel, uh, all of these. Uh, trying to think of some more now, but they're all there. Um, Anne Hathaway was linked to it. Um, Angelina Jolie, all these sort of uh, uh, people, and Vince Vaughn, Mike Wall, uh, Mark Wahlberg, uh, linked to play Bradley Cooper's uh, character. Uh, Hamish, gone. So just on on that point, I was speaking to someone the other day about this movie, and she said to me that she reckoned that they originally probably wanted an older actress to play Jennifer Lawrence's character. Mm. And there's a couple of, um, yeah, it just, it just seems a bit she's, usual. She's like she's 21. Only 20, yeah. 22 when it's been filmed. Yeah. Mm. I think they probably just saw Jennifer Lawrence's audition went, oh, we need to change the character to get this actress in. Cause she's a fucking sick actor, man. She's such a, a year, Well, a year, a year earlier, she did the first X-Men, didn't she? And, uh, 2012, 2012 was a big year for uh, Hunger Games and obviously the, no, the rest of the No, X-Men. no, this was before X-Men, surely. No, I don't No, this so. X- X-Men, for, the first X-Men was, uh, 2011. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But she was, that, that period of about three or four years, she was so, um, like in the cinemas, hot sort of thing. At, at every film, you couldn't literally turn on any blockbuster and her not be in it. Uh, Hunger I think Games. I, X- I think I heard a story about her saying that she never really had an acting background. She actually was someone just saw her on the street and thought she was beautiful and said she want to be in a movie. And she kind of, mm-hmm. I mean, she's a really good act. She's a really, that, that really good actor. Jim, didn't it? That's how you ended up with this. <laughs> yeah. Well, throughout the the first bit was um was a dodgy dodgy man that took me behind the bike sheds and told me I could be in some fo- film. Uh, the next thing I know, I'm in Downton Abbey. So. A foreign, foreign film. film. Foreign film. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I want to talk about Chris Tucker, because we haven't talked about him yet. Okay, quickly, um, we can talk about Chris Tucker. All right, are we on a budget, are we? Um, well, I just right, want to get um, to a very fine story, mate. Okay. Um, so, um, this was the first film that he was in since, um, other than the Rush Hour trilogy, which um, was uh, a, a, a conversation in its own right, that Chris Tucker has been in since Jackie Brown in '97. Um, so I wonder yeah. why he chose this as the film that. To be fair, he's he's spot. he's pretty good now. I I, mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. I, I thought he was yeah, really good. He like... plays like a kind of anxious uh, guy who um, Bradley meets in the rehab, and he he does it he does it very well. I think I, I really liked his Of course, yeah. Bob, Bobby De Niro is in um, Jackie Brown, isn't he as well? So there's yes. loads of actors that work together. So well, um, I think obviously they work together in the, um, loads of other stuff. Limitless Joy. was Bradley Cooper and Bob De Niro. I think that came up yeah. before this one. Joy American American Made is it? What's it? No, what's it called? Um, oh Christ! Um, 
uh, can't even think of what, it, what it's called now. But um, yeah. anyway, this is eating into your Ralph Fiennes time. Yeah, I got to be honest. American though, Hustle. But, that's what it's called. American Hustle. The time is ticking away. All right then. Well, if there's nothing else more to say, I reckon let's move on to the uh, the scoring of it. As always, we score each score out of a hundred, and we take the ad- average from that, and that gives us a score a very scientific way. It hasn't been controversial at all, and I think we will agree on uh, all the scores that have been given so far. I completely um, forgot that we do that whole score thing. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't, I haven't thought about it at all. All right, That's I'll like, give you some time. I'll give you some time to think about it. No, it's it. fine. I'll, I'll just make it up on the spot. All right, literally uh, in well, the name of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> right, Gary. Just even make notes, let alone scores. I made, I made, I did make notes today. To be fair. Oh, thanks. Thank you. Right, Garen, uh, we're a Score out of hundred. Thirty-four. Whoa. Oh, for an Oscar-winning film, that is. It, honestly, it is. The performances were incredibly overrated. I thought. Oh, jeez, jeez, that's harsh. Yeah. Garen being the 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 villain of this. Piece. I mean, if you see like the whole Oscar process as well, all you need to do is give some sort of big wig like a, a free buffet or something like that, and they get points towards. Uh, you like a buffet, yeah, don't you, Garen? Yeah. I don't mind Fat the Garen. <laughs> <laughs> really, one eighty after last episode, Hamish. All right, have you thought of a score, Hamish? Yeah, uh, seventy-five. Seventy-five, pretty good. Um, I go to. I'll go to Jim last. Yeah, yeah, you go to you. You're always last. Well, I'm, that's where I'm going now. All right. Okay. Pipe sorry. down. Fucking hell. Wind your neck in. Uh, I'm going to give this film a 72. I liked it. I thought it was interesting, and I thought the unlike Garen, I thought the performances were good. And but yeah, I didn't. It didn't move me greatly. But I think 72 is a. That's quite high for you. Yeah, I liked it. You know, hey, fuck it, 72. Right. Why not, uh, Jim? Then um, I should have really uh, taken notes of my previous scores. Um, but I can remember 77, 78 being my highest. So I'm going to say that it's my highest rated film, 78. 78. Um, so I'm going to give it but, 78. but there wasn't so any just, poker in it, Jim. I know. I'll tell you what, that would have been a 79. <laughs> yes, and you throw in a couple of bingo references. You're looking at an 80 score there, my friend. Um, anyway, um, so i just recap. Uh, Garen gave it 34. Hamish, 75. Eddie gave it 72. Yeah. I gave it 78. That's two five nine divided by four seventy six on the nose. Seventy six on the uh, on the nose, and I can tell you that that means that uh, seventy six on the nose brings it into third place, just missing out on second spot, which so, is Thunder Road with seventy seven. Can I, can I, Carol? Can I, uh, can I check those uh, those numbers? Yeah, that yeah, doesn't seem right. Quite that a number. suspicious number. <laughs> like, okay, Garen's thirty would bring it down, wouldn't it? Yeah. Surely, if you're 78, 75, 72, 34, and we end yeah. up with 76. <laughs> like, Jim, if, if this whole time you've been getting yeah, averages really... wrong, you have fucked this whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Add them all up. From four. the very start. Oh, shit. Did we ever yeah. check that Jim knows how to work out averages? <laughs> no, we didn't. Oh, so I've, Christ. I've, I, tell you, I tell you what happened. I accidentally clicked the number twice. Um, <laughs> so uh, it's actually 64.75. 64.75. We're going to have to re- go back and recheck all our scores. Well, I'll make one fucking mistake. I know. I think it's not pressing right. But, uh, we've lost, all the, we've lost all the mathematicians. Yeah. No one's listening. 
was that off your Casio, Jim, or was that on your phone? It was my old, my old fashioned Casio that has now become redundant because it's made a mistake. It's getting thrown away. <laughs> it can't even do numbers right. <laughs> well, uh, thank you for spotting that one, guys. I was, I was well for just giving it seventy six, but that means with seventy four point seven five, it goes right 64. in sixty four point seven five. That's it, right? Yeah, you yeah, said well, seventy-five. Garen's just stitched us up here. Sixty-four point seven five. All right, well, fucking hell. Um, uh, it's fifth place, um, just underneath uh, Garen's last film, The Englishman Who Went Up a Hill But Came Down Mountain. The Englishman, the bloody kind of mountain. Oh, anyway, that's how rankings work. And we can, you know, it's a community. Honestly, the performance in that film were, were a lot better. So uh, that should have won oh, an Oscar. No, shut. Just, just stop it now. Oh, um, well, it's another Weinstein. We there was two. Yeah. There was a second Weinstein today. It was. Watch, anyway, yeah, uh, on to the next uh, episode's film, which is my pick. And I've been really thinking, because I've got a list right that I've got written down of a bunch of films. And I was trying to think, maybe I'll do one which is a bit more universally liked, because my last one have, last ones have been kind of divisive. But then... Yeah, only two picks have been awful. What are you talking about? Uh, oh, mate, you're not going to be happy at all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because, because then I thought, the last couple of films that we've done have been quite sweet you know they've been sort of nice films films we generally thought all right maybe guaranteed like this one but it was a sweet film so i thought fuck it i'm gonna be horrible and divisive again and i'm gonna choose uh one of my favorite films from 2019 uh midsummer oh yeah <laughs> which uh midsummer spelt with an o instead of a u um directed by i believe the same person who did uh hereditary obviously that's a big film this was his one afterwards um yeah, if you are squeamish, this could be tricky for you. Um, maybe not watch it with your family. Uh, 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 guys, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm gonna, by the way, I'm going to be ill next week. So uh... <laughs> This film might make you ill, I have to say. Yeah, um, Garen, we'll take some mushrooms and we'll watch it together okay. naked. Sounds great. <laughs> Fucking uh, are there any puppets? Is it, should I, can I have a puppet morning, please? If there's, there's no, no puppets. puppets. Okay. There's, there's no, no puppets. puppets. Yeah. But I, I really love this film. I, it sounds like Hamish loves it too, and I reckon you loves. two are going to hate it. I've got a doozy of a story about this movie okay. when I went to see it. I'll tell you next week. Okay, brilliant. Tune in. Well, well, let's 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 treat Hamish's story the same way that we treat my Ralph Fiennes story. Okay? <laughs> oh God! You know what? I've completely forgotten about it, and we don't have we have run out of time. I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, so I, all that's left for me to say is thank you very much for listening. Um, follow us on Facebook, Instagram like us on you know the, the, the Apple Podcasts rate us leave a comment if you like um, thank you very much for listening to us and goodbye take care of yourselves Garnier your loved ones Mwah.